0: Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name
1: is Matt. My name is also Matt. We're very excited today to have a guest with us, Hayes Permar, Raleigh Icon, Rock On Tour, Man About Town, Rastabout, also the genius behind Sports Channel 8, the website and the radio show, and then also co-host with Ashton Smith of Podcast Raleigh. So Hayes, thank you for being with us here today.
2: Yeah, oh, Thank you guys for having me. Yeah.
1: Cool slow
2: clock is that wait is that sarcastic that's are you sarc- actually glad to have <laughs> no, me on no, no, no. sarcastically slow clap. have me on today
0: <laughs> they're a little slow waking up no, 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 yeah no, it's, it's early said, okay. it's just early that's all
2: and one correction I do uh, help host Sports Channel A but I'm definitely not the genius behind it that is okay. most, most of the other guys I'm just the, the clown yeah, or whatever it has to take no. the heat when we say stupid stuff so <laughs> alright we'll edit it out no, we're, we're not we're not gonna edit that <laughs> no, glad to be here thank you guys so much yeah. for having me honored to talk some music with you
1: yeah very good well what album are we be talking about
2: today we're gonna talk about probably my all-time favorite band Sweet. and as often happens with your all-time favorite bands it's tough to say your all-time favorite album right but it's certainly one of my well i would say three but if i count the ep and the live stuff one of my like five or six favorite <laughs> dylan fence albums
1: so we're gonna be listening to rosemary the debut full-length album from yep. dylan fence
0: As always, Matt, we like to start with our memories of an album. What is your memory of Rosemary by Dylan Finn? I
1: think I was probably a freshman or sophomore in high school when this album came out. And I don't remember the first time I heard Rosemary, but like you, I, I was already a Connells fan. You know, R.M. sort of said that you know you could be from the South, you mm-hmm. could stay in the South and still make good rock and roll music, alternative music, college rock, whatever. You didn't have to be pigeonholed to play country or Southern rock. My freshman or sophomore year of high school, someone introduced me to fun and games by the Connells. And it was kind of like, oh, here, here's even a more, at a more like, you know, micro local level, this band in Raleigh who's doing amazing things. And it was almost like the Connells and Dylan Fence were like a one-two punch of legitimacy. You were starting to get this buzz about the music scene and the triangle. But to me, they were like the two heavyweights. This is an album that just has stood with me for for a long, long time.
0: All right, Hayes, what about you? What's your memory? It sounds like you have a lot of that. I do, I do. <laughs> I,
2: uh, I first, I, I think of the, um, sorry about to get emotional here. It's uh, and I'll tell you why. I um, have you seen the movie Almost Famous? Yeah. There's the scene, and I did not expect this. So coming out of the gate, there's a scene where uh, Zoe Deschanel is going away, and she leaves her music. For her younger brother, and that becomes you know his career, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think about a that scene, and then b the Philip <clears throat> Seymour Hoffman when he's rattling off about music. It's like, you know, it's true music, rock music, it chooses you, it lives in your car, and whatever. And so those two scenes mashed together are what I think of with Dylan Fence. I had an older sister who went to UNC in the late 80s, early 90s. Sort of just the general, whatever your older sibling doing is cool, you know, mm-hmm. what they're wearing, what they're watching, what they're listening to. And so I have a vivid memory... Of my family has a history of um, you pass down cars, you don't sell them. So I can picture my grandfather's old Buick Century and my older sister driving it and the Dylan Fence Rosemary tape, you know, sitting in the, the nice. tape in the tape deck and the, the, Tape case sitting in the, you know, like the middle console and just looking at it. And I imagine I was probably like, you know, the little kid and Almost Famous, just running my fingers across it like, whoa, their long hair and the, the wow, the cool way the album cover is, you know, with their heads going. I mean, even stuff like that I have memories of. And the reason I got emotional my, this is my late sister. You know, I still, uh, you know, think of her, you know, when I play it and I'll, I'll never forget uh, she had... She had cancer, and we would—I would drive her to uh, cancer treatments, and she uh, she'd be on a lot of medicine, be mm-hmm. kind of out of it. But I'd put on Dylan Fence, and it was—it felt like a reverse of when I used to ride around with her um, mm-hmm. in her car and feel so cool. And it was like one of the things that I could do to get her to perk up and be conscious, mm-hmm. and she'd be singing along, and, and so. Uh, the, the memories run very deep for me with Dylan Fence. And then I'll never forget one of the coolest concerts I ever went to. I was a junior in high school. My parents were out of town. I basically had a party at my house. It wasn't like a blowout <laughs> teen movie party, but it was like way more people than I was supposed to have at my house. That always happens. And it was because we were, it was a jumping off point to go to, it was right after Living Room Scene had come out that year, I think, mm-hmm. that the album, uh, a couple after this one, yeah. I think. So it was 95 or 96 at the brewery. And you had to be 18 to get in the brewery. You didn't have to be 20. Mm One, but the problem was none of us were eighteen either. So we—I mean, I actually—I had a fake ID that said I was eighteen years old. Like I wasn't trying to buy cigarettes (laughs) or anything. I was just trying to get um, into—I think some some shows you had to be eighteen to get in. But I—I still had this fake ID. and I remember going in and the guy showing it to him, and he took the ID, and I was like, "Does that mean he's take? Is he taking it from me?" And I was like, "Oh!" And he's like, "No, I'll just keep this, so you can't try and." He was like, "Oh, all right." So I'm. I'm in? Like and he was like, Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm like, I'm in, you know. And it was it was pat they were at their, their height of power in, in, in the area, and they just crushed it. And I, I remember thinking, like, wow, this is live music like I've never seen it. You know, the brewery packed to the gills mm-hmm. and just rocking out. So a lot of memories uh, with, with Dylan Fence, watching them. This album specifically, like I said, is the, the first one I remember seeing in my sister's car and fell in love with the songs. Um, those are sort of some of my uh, main memories of Rosemary and that's, that's awesome. beautiful yes yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry really for cool. getting emotional like i said i did not expect that to come but <laughs>
0: no, uh, i probably I mean, should have yeah, seen it. philip seymour hoffman was right that in that movie like yeah. that's the power of music, music it grabs you. you yeah, yeah. It, t- it chooses you
1: yeah. well thanks for sharing that that's awesome all right matt what about you what's your first memory of dylan fence and rosemary
0: well i don't know if you knew i grew up in a small town and small towns have a lot of uh interesting and wonderful characteristics but a lot of dark ones as well and one is that they are not very accepting of people who are different. Mm-hmm. I kept to myself. I didn't want to wander out because people might call me a freak mm-hmm. or some sort of beast. Till one day, this woman came by. I don't know if she was selling something or what, but she was uh, extremely kind. And I thought, perhaps this town does have something to offer. So she brought me out into the light, into the town. And at first, they accepted me, they let me cut their hair. <laughs> they uh, uh, they let me trim their hedges Uh, they celebrated my artistry not everyone was on board Uh, there was one guy in particular who really kind of stuck to that freak thing one day it kind of came to a head when I actually rescued this little boy I was trying to help he and other onlookers thought that I was trying to murder him Mm. which to be fair I don't think I mentioned I had giant scissors (laughs) for hands yeah so anything i did sure. looked like i was trying to murder somebody sure. you know so it's it's not all on them he made his way back to uh, my castle lair and uh, <laughs> i did end up murdering him you know it wasn't self-defense and i wasn't to,
1: to be fair he kind of was on you. Uh... yeah
0: so i mean at the end of the day this really wouldn't hold up in court could have said i was trying to cut his hair or yeah. you know trim the hedges or something but no matter what he, he died anyway this girl helped me hide and before she left she just said, "You can never leave this house again." But here's a great CD that's going to get you through the years, <laughs> and it was uh, it was Rosemary.
1: Wow! Yeah, nice. We we actually watched that movie like a week week or so ago, and and I'd never seen it. Mm-hmm. And we watched it with the kids. And the one thing I kept thinking about was that had to have been terrible to be Johnny Depp, like. Just in between scenes. Oh, yeah. Because you know you had Sticking like... it around. Well, you know you probably had like a, an, a, an itchy Itch. nose.
2: What a odd idea for a movie. Who came up with that? <laughs> yeah.
0: How did they pitch that? We got a Frankenstein type character. And okay, great. I'm with you. Modern yep, yep. Frankenstein. But, but he's got different hands. Okay. I you know? know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it really is the... Because I don't even remember. I was reading... Wikipedia, to yeah. but I think it was like Doctor Frankenstein type the of character died. Yeah. yeah, before he could fashion his real hands. hands. Yeah. so yeah. how did he get scissors?
2: Though, <laughs> did he do? Why that? do you end unde- up? Yeah, why would you use scissors? It's like the stand-in. <laughs> You know, why not like mallets or something? Right. You know, I'm the looks, plunger. looks looks like a fist,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> scissors. that seems very impractical. And then that. like Alan Arkin plays the the dad, the lady's husband who brings mm-hmm. Edward Scissor hands to the house. And he's just so like okay with it, like, oh yeah, we're gonna bring this Guy we've never met right. with scissor hands. Oh, and by the way, you can sleep in our daughter's room. Yeah. And on her waterbed. <laughs>
0: That's right. I forgot about the waterbed. That seems a little kitschy for the, Tim like, Burton to be a, like, like, oh, the, also there's a waterbed. So
1: like then the daughter comes home early unexpected and yeah. you know, everybody freaks out. And then they put him on the pullout couch. Like, you should have started with the pullout couch. Yeah. <laughs> That's a waterbed. <laughs> uh,
0: that was our introduction to Tim Burton, wasn't it?
1: Uh, he had done Pee-wee's Big Adventure.
0: He did Pee-wee's Big Adventure? Yeah.
1: Which makes that. sense. Yeah, when you hear that, now. you're like, yeah, yeah, I
0: can see that. Yeah, because I loved that. I used yeah. to watch that all the time, but I had no idea. I didn't yeah. make that connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For real, though, I had not heard this album until last week. Initially, the impetus for the podcast was bands you should like. We had a lot of shared artists, and sure. it first came up when I shared I don't like the Smiths. I should buy everything else in my catalog. right, right. You know, So this for me has always been one of those, I should, and it's not even, I didn't, it's just, I never heard them. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Virginia beach and the Connells were huge there. I mean, Mm -hmm. they would come sell out the boathouse multiple times a year for whatever reason, Dylan Fentz didn't make it to our area in that way in high school. And so that's part of, for me, kind of the mystery of them. Especially when you get sort of a, a slap on the back
1: when like Hootie gets big, and yep. they name drop them, and they're mm-hmm. opening for them, and you think, "Okay, oh here it comes." You know they're they're gonna they're gonna get on their way to stardom, and regionally they did, but it, you know never really translated beyond that.
2: I never saw Hootie open for Dylan Fence, but they started that way. I mean Dylan Fence, they were you know the big bill <laughs> mm-hmm. at a cat's cradle or a brewery or somewhere around here. What is it that tips you over into that huge commercial success? You know a little bit. Mysterious, hard to grab onto. Sometimes it's you know, luck and all those mm-hmm. other things, but mm-hmm. it really does become that mystery of like why why certain bands quote unquote make it or, or, or why not. So.
0: let's get it started with uh, daylight. Daylight slides never knowing what has passed.
2: So as a counselor at Camp Seagull in like 1996, Mm -hmm. I may have made it a thing to every day start the day with this album because a just daylight Daylight. and it's perfect and we would get you know you used to get up at I think 7:30 in the morning the summers to be
1: daylight
2: (laughs) and then it goes right into Hey Mockingbird which I think we'll get to and the the next song is Summer Um, so it's all I loved like starting my morning for the whole you know cabin as a counselor with those and I, I wonder if there's kids that like didn't really pick up on the name of the band or didn't, weren't really listening, but now it's in their consciousness because for one month at the age of 12, they heard that song so much. But to me, it's it's, it's a beautiful opener, the, you know, the perfect one. And again, part of it is just Greg's voice is just something that you can't teach, you can't coach, you can't buy. It's yep. it's just the perfect for, for their band. And, and uh, one of the reasons that that I think people uh, associate with the band. So I, I just think his voice is so distinctive.
1: I wonder if any of those kids still wake up to that. Because I've got a buddy who, for some 25, 30 years, has woken up every morning to the same Eric Clapton song. Like right. he, he has oh, it wow. set up where that's what wakes him up every morning. What song is it? I, I can't remember. I have to ask him. Cocaine? Hey, Tommy. Tommy, what song is it? Cocaine. <laughs> 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 yeah. It reminds him <laughs> to Hopefully get his not. cocaine. <laughs> 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 Hopefully is not. your friend okay?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tommy, if you listening, yeah, let us know what... Song, it is, but like you know, it's probably ingrained in some of these kids who are now you know, probably not kids anymore. But, that's, um, it's
2: a and again, if you ever go to a concert, glasses will be raised at raise your glass. They're, they're, you never know if bands are like doing that because they think, let's put a line in there that yeah, like right. just associates with the crowd, or are they just sort of writing it and then it comes later and it comes yeah. naturally. But, like, raise your glass, like everybody at the concerts probably drinking a beer, so it becomes a no brainer, like, yeah, raise your glass, yeah, yeah, yeah let's you know, like, do this, like,
1: like the first rapper hip hop. Artists going. What if we put in there? Raise your hands in the air. Yeah, wave, wave them, them t- like you just don't care. <laughs> People will do that. <laughs> People will do it.
0: That's gold. I get the chance on this album, having not heard it, to give you all very first impressions. Sure. You know. Yeah. So who's in this band? Who are these guys? We got Greg as the singer.
1: Greg Humphreys.
2: Chris Good, bass. <laughs> Kent Alphen is the you know other the other guitar, and then Scott Carl's on drums, and that is probably other than like the Beatles, that's probably the only band where I could like tell you all <laughs> the, the names of the members yeah, yeah. just because yeah. I've seen them so many times and yeah. seen them introduced. And I love harmony, and and this song gets to you know the nothing lasts. I think they got three different people, at least three different people singing at the same time. And so
0: are, are they all on mic? Are they like? Is oh, it I one think of those? the only one
1: that doesn't sing is, is Scott Carl. Yeah, drummer. I think he just drums. Okay, but yeah. it's
0: one of those where. When they get to those parts, all three of them are stepping up to the mic, yeah. and singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. that; it's yeah, yeah. so good. Yeah. And
1: and and Ken's voice is really different from Distantive. Greg. So like when, on the later albums, when he does the lead vocal on some songs, it's 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 a different sound. It's a good sound. Mm-hmm. It's just a different sound. But yeah, it, on on the uh, Rosemary, it's uh, it says all songs written by Greg Humphreys and Dylan Fence, which makes me think it was predominantly him
0: okay. on this one. All right, next track we have here is Hey Mockingbird.
2: see them described as like bubblegum pop mm-hmm. which I sort of resented just because it sounded like too childish or whatever. I get what they mean, you know it's a, yeah. the, none there's no um you know seven minute deep you know different moods and all this stuff like now they're just they're they're ripping off you know fun to listen to tracks,
0: yeah, the other thing about this one that jumped out and i'm not I promise I'm not gonna do this the whole time. there are aspects of this song and the first song really when he was singing in the mm-hmm. higher register and just. Kind of the melodic songwriting that reminded me of the House Martins. Oh, yeah. No, I can hear that. So that bright, poppy yep. harmonies and yeah. everything like that. Yeah. And I love the House Martins, so that was an immediate win for me. Yeah. This is a great summer album. Speaking of that, and I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> sure, you didn't.
2: translated into dude who's got a girlfriend mm-hmm. and has a summer job and again this is like working at camp i didn't have a lot of girlfriends but um <laughs> but not it, that guy. it just it, but it it seems like somebody that's like you know being tempted to yeah. cheat on their girlfriend yeah. right i mean yeah. that's you know like i just might slip sounding yeah. like kissing the other person's a bad thing and i don't know it just always sounded seemed cool um, to to what we were saying earlier like it feels like a great last week of school album, can't wait for summer and then like getting into summer and um, and so I guess that that sort of played to the you know relating to the teenage yeah. spirit of like oh so summer's much too long there's no way I'm going to be able to work with this girl all summer and not like make a move like yeah. what yeah. am I what am I going to do and he, whether it's the the guy cheating on his own girlfriend mm-hmm. or trying to get with the girl who has a boyfriend and like make her cheat
0: right. yeah. you're know, like summer's yeah.
2: much you know like i know that i probably shouldn't you know yeah. because but i just might <laughs> you know, you'd be like I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I, um, um, but I mean, I'm not going to hide. I'm going to let you know. So, yeah. uh, great feel good,
0: summery song, even if you're cheating on your girlfriend. So, last May, Darius Rucker tweeted song of the day Dylan Fence Summer. Summer. And he said eighty nine ninety opening for whomever would let us play. Heard this sound and couldn't take my eyes off this band and put Greg's name in there, whatever.
2: Uh, when they when Hootie did their tour last year, which is awesome. I don't know if you guys saw it when they came to. I saw uh, I was there.
1: It was, yeah, because the, I saw you. Cause yeah, yeah. It was the storm. That's it right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they what biked or so? Well, we
2: well, yeah, we scootered. Scootered. Nice. Because you can actually. This is, uh, people should know this. If you make a little bit of effort, you can get from downtown to Walnut Creek all on the Greenway, basically. Oh, wow. Now, there might be a couple parts that are under construction. You have eligible. to like,
1: run across I-40 one time. No, sure. that's <laughs> not true
2: at all. You can go all Greenway um, to you know from, from downtown. I can map it out for you to get to Walnut Creek. The, the, it takes you right up there. The only problem was we did it with like thunderstorms. Oh. So, so we're riding scooters, and all of a sudden, literally, hail starts falling <laughs> oh on gosh. us We get on there. But it worked out in the end because so many people, le- they, they weren't sure if the concert was going to go on. Yeah. So many people yeah. left. I put out an all call on Twitter, hey, I know one of you jokers that left had better seats than I do. Why don't you just send me a screenshot of your ticket so I can slide in? And somebody came through and they're like, yeah, you can have mine. It was like the fourth row. It ended up being worth the getting hailed on with a scooter. (laughs) But... uh, they, I don't think they played a Dylan Finn song there, but they definitely mentioned the guys when they were in town. And mm-hmm. then when they were up in Madison Square Garden, they had Greg come on the stage with them uh, one night and play play a tune. So oh, cool. cause
1: he, cause he lives in New York now. Yeah, so he's he up there. The so it is not
2: just lip service or yeah, try, you know, yeah. trying doing the thing that the big band should do by showing right. some love. I mean, I think those guys have a true affinity for uh, each other and and uh, remember the good
0: times doing to yeah. together. So well, and yeah, I mean, and at this point in 2019, tweeting that there's no benefit to that you know so yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah, it feels right, like yeah. genuine yeah. rather than we're uh, you know yeah. we put your name in a song and now we have to mention you're welcome
1: Another one, like when when that first little jangle pop, part yep, of the yep, guitar yep. starts, people go nuts.
0: Yep, that, and then also just the da na 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 na, the hate you inherited. Well, the harmonies are beautiful on this one. Another thing, apparently, an Entertainment Weekly magazine once labeled them the grandkids of the Beach Boys. There you I go. can see that, which is also high praise. Yeah, absolutely.
2: You know? <laughs> right. But yeah, harmonies kind of a staple of almost every song. I don't I don't know how many songs they. Um, that, that Jess Greg sings, so um, always even if it's just the ooze, yeah, they yep. usually, usually get some version of backup vocals.: Yeah.
0: Next one is Danger. There are moments when his voice) to me sounds like the bare necked ladies, dude,
1: I can see that yeah. just yeah. a little
0: bit.
2: Also one that I loved the chorus, but like as you're learning the lyrics, I remember being satisfied when you got them all in order because you know there's a I'm something, so please something, but but you forget which ones and you're like, I'm hungry. No, I mean I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so like you never get in a question, you're like, I'm something so do something. And then like when you knit like you know, you've rewound enough times, you're like, I'm hungry. I'm something. so come. And then you're singing it with confidence. Like, I know him now. Yes. Like, I'm hungry. <laughs> so come
1: feed me. Yeah.
0: That's a great one. <laughs> you see just a little blues rock influence. And all I mean by that is, like, at the end of the course, they'll go to, like, a seven. They don't just go straight major chord. Mm-hmm. They're always throwing in little interesting things that make me think, oh, these guys know music.
2: Greg definitely does. And, and as Matt mentioned, I mean, you see, he could dive later deeper into sort of the 70s funk stuff. You could tell that sort of... And you also, you know, when you talk about bands breaking up, sadly, you always wonder what what exactly is—is it—is it personal stuff, or is it just a divergence of? Actually, I want to go more into yeah, the seventies was... funk stuff. And there's some guys that are like, eh, "I kind of like the the collegey tunes we we're playing, so maybe we'll I'll, we'll just do some different stuff." Yeah, I don't know that. I'm just you could you could see maybe him wanting to go a little bit deeper than than again I, he I'm guessing. He didn't love the term bubblegum pop, right. you know, yeah. you know, I could see some of the guys being like, "That's fine. We, we, who cares what the term is?" Yeah. Like the, you know, the we like what we're doing. We're in college fun. and people are singing along, and, and it's fun. But, uh, but yeah, I could see Greg wanting a little bit more depth to to his music.
1: This is one that I would play in my room, you know, play guitar along with just ah. that and you know and when I figured out that bass line, you know, playing it on guitar was cool and that not a complicated song to play. So when you're like seventeen you could pick it up easy, but it's such a fun song to play
2: along with. Their love songs are less about like I love you. They feel like Teenage angst love, Mm -hmm. you know, but like I'll wait for you. Um, Sometimes I get a little frustrated. It's they sing less about the the girl that they're loving, but more about the feelings of going through, you know, Mm -hmm. having a crush on somebody or being in love with somebody. And again, I I think it was just very relatable to especially a college audience who was going through a
0: lot of those same things. Mm -hmm. This is the one that lost me. Really? Yeah, Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I saw immediately like. Dude with a goatee and a Baja sweatshirt, like doing that white boy <laughs> groove dance, like yeah. just standing out there, like by himself dancing. And I was like, "Oh man, I know that dude. <laughs> you know, like that's the vibe that I got is that early '90s." Eddie Yes. Bohemians, yep. And there was a band when I was growing up called the Gib Droll Band. Oh yeah, and I they the
2: name, but I don't they played one of the long them.
0: party concerts. Yeah, they did. On one and other. actually, he on his on the cover. Mm-hmm. I think he this like. A silhouette picture and he's got a goatee and everything like, yeah. So to me, there's that, there's that time when that groove thing was happening. Yeah. So I don't know. I couldn't, I couldn't go there on this yeah. one. within Dylan fence being Dylan fence mm-hmm. there's a lot of diversity and variety on the album you know to, to rock that yeah. hard and even just like this like yeah you wouldn't think that was coming when you hear hey Mockingbird right 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 <laughs> yes true
1: yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the uh the, like the liner notes of this and mm-hmm. I love these because it's always I always feel like this is a snapshot of like the time and like you know peers and contemporaries and so you know even, even when they're thanking people it's the Connells, The Velt, Sex Police, Queen's Sarah Saturday, Hootie and the Blowfish, mm-hmm. Johnny Quest, just like titans of like the triangle and the, the southeast. College you know, rock scene. College yeah. rock scene at that time. Then they each get a chance to like thank people. Scott Carl is thanking you know, a bunch of people, but then he gets into ice Pick, Freeze, and the Minotaur. Which I, want, I want to know who <laughs> these people are. Like, uh, those are, those great, are nicknames. great nicknames. Ice Pick, oh great nicknames. Freeze, the Minotaur. I want
0: to be the Minotaur. <laughs> Awesome. I love that. Yeah,
2: Freeze is Greg Humphrey's nickname. Oh, really? I, I It took me a long time, to, okay. but I, when I would talk to people who actually went to college with these guys yeah. in the '80s, at, you know, at UNC, and they would not trying to sound cool, they'd be like, "Yeah, Freeze would do whatever." Like so, Humph. <laughs> so Freeze very well. Those might be the other, three, the guys other three guys in the band. Humphrey, Freeze, Freeze yeah, Humphrey's yeah. is free. Oh, it's yeah. Greg Humphrey's. They would call him Freeze. So it could be that Ice Pick and the Minotaur are the other two guys in the band for some yeah, reason. Maybe Ice
1: Pick is Ken Offen with Guitar Pick. Pick, maybe. yeah. They- and yeah. then he's cool as ice. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Um, and then and he hard. is I
2: could, I could see that. They, they, now <laughs> they, prefer, they refer to uh, Chris as the professor, because I think that maybe is what became his actual job. I could be totally wrong on that. I know I'm right on Greg Humphrey's nickname being Freeze. There you go. Uh, but I could see the, the possibly maybe it's the other guys.
0: Nice. Inside information. Freeze, maybe.
2: Oh, Speaking of inside information, do we even yeah. talk about where the name Dylan Fence came from? Oh, no, we haven't.
1: So, we, we haven't talked about it. Yeah. Do you know this sure.
2: story? Yeah. I, I didn't. I mean, I learned this from the band, but then you could probably Google and find remnants of this. And maybe one of those things were like, you know, remember, well, for me, I, I don't know what your memories are, but when you used to drive to like Morehead City, Atlantic Beach, you were on 70 business a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So you were going like through Smithfield and, and like you, yep. and, and the landmarks became the Bojangles here. That, but then also like... The weird consignment store that we stop at because they have, you know, whatever cool uh, bathing suits or something, you know. (laughs) So, on the way, I think it was on the way to Myrtle Beach, you used to have to go through Dillon, South Carolina. Okay. And there was, and you can kind of picture this because you've seen it like, there was a a dude that had an iconic fence that had random things on it, like baby doll heads and bicycle parts and hubcaps. Got it. It was one of those, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I, I imagine it was almost like the, when we passed the Dillon fence, we got another hour and a half. Yeah. You know, it's one of those, yeah, like yeah. you have your own landmarks for your driving things. And so that became
1: the Dillon fence.
2: There, I, there was a Dylan fence. I also like
1: the idea of you buying a bathing suit at a consignment store. I, you know, I was, try, I was trying to think of like going to
2: the beach, you know? Yeah. Like I, I did, yeah. I was
0: not a good example. Yeah. I didn't say anything, but that did stick out in my mind. I was stuck for a moment. I was I, like, I'm not oh, afraid, to, I'm not
2: afraid <laughs> to thrift it. Maybe. Why does it burn
1: when I pee? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not a bathing suit, but um, uh, you know. So, so is, is hey, is it something for you? Like,
2: it's it's not my favorite. I mean, I, I, much like any other. You know, if if you're a true, if you love the band, then their recognized best song is probably not your favorite song, right? Yeah, You've probably right. found some other favorite yeah, yeah. song in there. I don't, I don't know exactly what mine would be.
1: Maybe "Sad in one of them. When you Dylan Fence were at the peak of their, you're really together regularly and playing all over the place something for you was kind of like a love hate song like some people like just absolutely loved it and then other people are like oh god they're doing the they're doing the the party funk song again yeah, yeah. And, and it was kind of a you know oil and water kind yeah. of thing but i think over time it, it's gotten to be yeah like you said it's probably not their best song but it might be like their most signature yeah
2: Everyone at the concert sings along to the Woo's, yeah, often poorly.
0: Yeah, it's it's high for a lot of folks. I could see what you're saying though, this people loving or hating this. Yeah. I can see some people being like, "No, man, I like the stuff that rocks," yeah, you know, right. and, and other people being like, "It's my
1: jam." This could have been the song that broke them up. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And, it,
2: and this was this was probably the first song I heard by them. Like, I, I, I my sister was probably like, "You got to hear this song." Yeah. Like, and it's also what a great line. Like I don't even—is it—is it for a girl? Yeah. For the audience? For the like? But just the general like, I got something for you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what, what? What does that mean? You yeah. know? And I could see people really singing out that I got something for you along with the oh, yeah. band.
2: And it almost feels like I don't know if uh, you know, "Walk This Way" by mm-hmm. Aerosmith and there are many other songs like this, where like you've written the song, and I just need... What's the line gonna be that I say? Yeah. You know, walk yeah. this way? And I, I don't know if you've heard the story, but they went and saw uh, Young Frankenstein... And, oh, and when weird. the guy's like, oh, walk, walk this way. way. And yeah. they're like, that's it. That's the line we used. So they, they had. They just needed three syllables. Yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like it's kind of. It could be with this one where they. Greg was like, I really want to run like a, a funk track. And they're like, all right, they had the whole thing written. Again, this is my imagination of it. <laughs> they had the whole thing written out. And they were like, but what are we going to. What's the line going to be? Yeah. And then, then, um, you know. Uh, uh, they were at somebody's mom house, and she was like, "Oh, Greg, I've got something for you." And it's like, you know what? I've got that's something a, for you. I yeah, like that. That's, Put, that's the line. That's the line. Print it again, again. That's totally my imagination of it, but I could see it happening like that. Of yeah. like they've written because most of it's, you know, most of it's music anyway. There are some words, but it's like if uh, if there's something you want to say, don't be that way. If there's something that's on your mind. Don't waste my time. Very simple lyrics, but yeah. just feels like they like like this this song jam. We just need a line. It's like ah. Got something for you, and then, whenever they heard it, they're like, "That's the lyric."
0: Freeze, get in here. I've got something for you. His mom calls it freeze. <laughs> yes, I've got, I've got something for you. Don't well, forget your bathing suit.
2: That's the one that the, I mean. They'll make it go for ten minutes. They'll slow it down. The just the same chord progression, but without the just they'll have the guy. Give you a little break, or just the yeah. bass
0: line, and then he'll come on Georgia. Did it work when you put that on people's mixtapes? Did you have folks yeah, say 100%. Yeah, hundred percent.
2: Like uh, I, I think the the if, if you don't like it, it's probably because you like so much of their other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like probably, and you probably you know and, yeah. and it becomes yeah. the classic, like, oh, you know, even people who don't even like the band, like the song. It's That's like right. it's like people
1: who love Pearl Jam but hate Jeremy. <laughs> yeah, yes, <By> yes. <laughs> Oh, Jeremy sucks.
0: So you're turned off by it, but like, no, hundred percent. So after this, reading an article that took place after this. Greg is talking and he's saying it was a long, hard year. Humphrey said of 1992, we had lots of dates, lots of frustration, lots of questioning ourselves and each other. He said, you can either give in to it or turn it around and turn it into something creative. I feel like we did that, but it's clear. They pour their heart and soul into this. And then they're just touring for year after year after year and something, that thing that we talked about just isn't tipping, you know, and, and there's no answer.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, and maybe again, timing, you know, if it's 92, 93, grunge is big. And maybe sort of like we talked about with Hootie, it was like mm-hmm. Hootie kind of hit because of grunge. And maybe Dylan Fence didn't hit because of grunge.
0: Maybe they were too late or too early. Maybe they were too early yeah. to
1: it. And like I said, they they really altered their sound over the next couple of albums. Mm-hmm. So maybe they were chasing it. And, and in, in the process of chasing it, maybe that deviation, you know, kept them from getting there mm-hmm. whereas like hootie like we said on that episode they were who they were you listen to even the, the latest like hootie album it's the same formula i mean they they're, they're not yeah. like changing they're not like you know oh we're gonna we're gonna do some alternative and some techno this time i mean they're sticking to the same formula and, mm-hmm. and, it, wor- and it worked for them and it didn't seem to work for dylan fence yeah
2: I was doing some research and reading some articles about it, partly so I could, you know, like steal cool things that rock Critics said, and then pawn them off as my own when I came on the podcast. Um, But, but I almost wonder if like figured out our secret. I almost wonder if um, I remember, you know, I remember Bill Simmons writing about Ralph Sampson, sorry to make it a sportsy thing. I know this is music, but you know, basically viewed as a bust, because it's weighed against his expectations, when by any reasonable measure he had a great career, you know. You know, if, if, yeah. if, if, you know. And so I wonder how much Greg specifically, because he seems to be the the, the most driven musician in the band, where the other. Again, I don't know this, but it it seems like they were more got caught up in a, in a great college band and were like, well, why wouldn't we keep doing this? You yeah. know, um, I know Scott Carl still plays with bands. I'm not taking it away from him being a musician. I don't know what the other guys do. But much like you look at a football team, you look at the quarterback, you look at a band, you look mm-hmm. at the lead yep. singer and songwriter. But I wonder how much they bristle at the they're talked about is why didn't they make it when yeah. it's like no we did a lot of good things we we made a yeah. lot and you know right. and, and i wonder how much they're like why can't the focus just be on how good we were even yeah. if we if it wasn't so the, the, but the talk is always and,
1: and what I, could have been and i
2: it yeah. comes from a place of love right yeah. of like mm-hmm. i listen to these guys and i you know listen to them as much as i did the Pearl Jam and Nirvana and loved their songs loved some of their songs more than i yeah. did those guys so it, it really mm-hmm. doesn't make sense but i do wonder if almost like it's it's their curse to be talked about as, yeah. oh, that band that didn't quite make it. You no. know? Or, or, I mean, I wonder if it's one of the things that that made it, you know, stressful when they got to '95 and '96. They've been grinding hard, and yeah. all of a sudden, then Hootie's taken off, and they're like. What what are we still doing here? You know, we, yeah. are we still going to keep doing yeah. this? Uh, you know, yeah. and and all the dates and uh, mm-hmm. the clubs we've played. So I, I, yeah, I don't know. Well,
1: and there's also the it, it's our band. It, you're putting it on mixtapes. You're introducing. You're educating friends. Definitely, to this band. It was definitely you a, want, my band. You want you want them to be big. Yeah, that's not always the case. I mean, a lot of times it's like. We we like bands. We see them get big, and then we re- we resent the fact that they got big. Right, right. And you're right. like, oh, I, I like, oh, they were so much better before yeah. they sold out. Yeah, yeah. I wonder um, if I'd like them as much. Right, they, but like with with, with with you know, Dylan Fence or the Connells, it's like there's probably a little bit of like tribalism too, where you're like, these are my guys. I want I want people to appreciate them uh, as much as I do. And why why don't people yeah. appreciate these guys as yeah. much as
0: I do? But why can't it be enough? Like yeah. for Dylan Fence, like that's to your point. Maybe for the other guys in the band, it wasn't. It enough, was, yeah. You know, a lot of people struggle with that. You know, when I look back at either bands or athletics, you know, it's never enough. Yeah. yeah. And what is enough? Maybe it's comparison or maybe it's the expectations they had. Or maybe they just said, I want to get to the place where it can be our full-time job and we're sick of doing all these other jobs, you know. Yeah. I don't know what making it really right. means. Yeah. But I think our point today and your point would be, they were better than the credit they received. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing we like to do is, so yeah, so what would Dylan Fence do?
1: Oh, if, if Freeze is going to stab you with an ice pick, unless you took one song off the album, what song would it be?
2: I could take a song off this album. Hold on, let me look at it. The
1: album Peaks,
2: at something for you, and then yeah. it's like the day new moi after. Uh, you know, how did you get so high? That would probably be the one I would take. I, I Will Break, I never loved, but it's definitely like sort of more of a ballad, and it's Freeze almost like our boy freeze <laughs> just singing it, 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 it seems like he almost hurts yeah. you know I will break yeah. I
1: yeah. will break
2: break break, break. see I, I would probably take how did you get so high if, uh, if I took one off of it oh!
1: First of all, thanks to Hayes for, for being with us for this episode. Yes. This has been a lot of fun uh, going down memory lane and, and talking about something you're clearly passionate about. Yeah. So we appreciate that. But please continue to engage with us on social media, at Finest Work Songs on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook.
0: Thanks for listening to Season 2 of Finest Work Song. It's 2020, and we'll see you next time when we drop, drop the, the deuce. deuce. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. And check out any upcoming shows if you are in the Raleigh area. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music.